0: Glomson's Alchemy Radio,
1: where a new perspective is a new reality. One slight shift, imagine that one slight shift in perception can cause our perspective to become a new reality. Why not you? Why not now? Join us. Hello and welcome, listeners. I'm your host at Quantum Alchemy Radio. My name is Anya Sophia Mann, and today's show is all about all of our journey, birth, life, living, dying, death, and love. Is there going to be enough time to chat with our co-host Ruth Haddekin and have live coaching with callers? who are calling in, whether it's a personal situation or a business situation, absolutely, because we can bend time. That's what we're going to do. Hey, tweet your friends and let them know. Come on in. Join the show. You know, sometimes all it takes is a little bit of a shift in perspective to shift the way we see something, which then, of course, shifts our reality. That's what I specialize in, and that's what I love most to do with folks is create a space for them to shift their reality about something. So it's really fun to listen to that happen, to the coaching calls. So I look forward to calling, let your friends know, and let's check in and see if Ruth is here from England. Ruth, have you arrived, our co-host?
2: I have, Anya. Hello, Anya, and hello, everybody. Hello, all our listeners. And
0: hello. hey,
2: Anya, you, just, you just created a new jingle. Just... You just created a new jingle. Tweet your friends and let them know. Come on in and join the show.
1: Oh, I love it. That. So that's the you poet in up. me, isn't it? <laughs> it's the poet. That's the poet in me. There you go. Ruth. Perfect. That's right. Pick up that, on that. I'm excited about today's show. I mean, talk about this quantum alchemy radio, which we are absolutely becoming contagious with listeners from all over the world now. We, we're about life, the universe, and everything. And bringing all the pieces of science and spirituality, bringing them together, and then applying them into everyday life. And I'll be offering lots of tips, tools, and techniques as we go along. You might want to grab your journal if you're a a follower of the show because you will be hearing tips, tools and techniques to support you in your everyday. I believe that we are all everyday life coaches. Supporting each other, whether it's over a cup of tea or getting your child to do their homework, we can all use the skills of coaching and apply them into our everyday life. So here we go. Today roots all of our journey. Emphasis on all and our, all of our journey. as human beings on the planet. That journey absolutely consists of birth. And, wow, that right there starts you on, actually, this is a big one to really get, folks. You know, and I almost feel like I, I kind of want to go on a mission here a, a little bit and have a message be the moment you are born you're on the journey of living, yes, and dying, absolutely. And that life really doesn't prepare us for that most sacred um, transition, most sacred transition is our death or our birth to something beyond, depending upon where your belief systems are. So, yes, all of our journey, birth, life, living, dying, Yes, and love. That That is our journey. So let's begin as we usually do. Ruth and I are going to chat for about 15 minutes in the beginning and a little bit at the end, 15 minutes at the end. And in between, we'll continue our chatting um, in between doing life coaching. And if for whatever reason, callers are not there, we just continue. This is a rich, rich dialogue. Ruth, where shall we begin
2: wow, there's no beginning and there is no end because we've just covered everything, <laughs> haven't <we? laughs> it's,
1: a, it's, a, it's a continuum, actually. The continuum, you know, here I, here I go into consciousness, the conscious journey, the evolution of the soul, it is a continuum. It goes on and on, at least in, in my world, in my beliefs. And, and again, folks, so I'm not putting any of my beliefs on you, just, just the perspective. And we're all different. So let's choose one of these words, Ruth, and come in with, as we do, some type of a definition, uh, you know, a, a place to start from with one of these words. What words are going to be?
2: Well, I first went when when in doing the research for this week's show, I first went to conscious conscious living and conscious dying. That that was where I first mm. went, and then I thought. After doing a little bit of research and finding, I found an article from Scientific American that asked when consciousness actually comes in in, in young children. And then I realized the perspective that they were taking was when the child's about 18 months. And remember in a previous show on you, we talked about the age when self-awareness comes in, you know, when the child will first look yeah. in the mirror and say, that's me. And they were equating yeah. consciousness with the, the sense of a me. So I thought, whoa, hold on here. Then what does consciousness actually mean? So I kind of went went off the, and so that's the definition I came up with. Um, you know, kind of, we always look at what Wikipedia says and what were the dictionary definitions. So I thought it was really important to get clear on what we mean by conscious first.
1: Yes, yes absolutely um you know one of one of the top words in in my languaging um i believe that we are all on the conscious journey and that is the voyage of self-discovery becoming mm-hmm. conscious of who we are as you know that's how i often refer to my work as as conscious journey and um I'm going to drop, as I do, into the moment, Ruth, and, and so conscious. when I think of the word "conscious, what comes in, in the moment for me is awake, alert, alive, aware, and most importantly, aware of self, aware that there is a someone or in here, um, able to self-reflect, able to contemplate. Um eternal 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 meaning consciousness comes in, consciousness goes on you know we we drive around in these physical vehicles like a like a nice car, and we drive around in that, and that's the journey in this lifetime of the consciousness, but there's lots and lots of evidence through. Um, more and more now than ever, that life goes on. And, uh, you know, again, we're just entertaining these ideas, listeners, just opening up, expanding our horizon, expanding our perspective, expanding our consciousness to really just take in some of these ideas. For example, Ruth, I'm thinking of two books right now. I'm thinking of um, Anita Morjani, Dying to Live is her book. And I'm thinking of um, Eben Alexander, Proof of Heaven, and not heaven necessarily in the religious context of the word. Let's just call heaven representing that there is something beyond this life. So also, Ruth, just jump in for a moment and, and give the details, because we will have all of these links. Anything that we talk about or bring up or the video that you just mentioned, that was a fabulous video, Ruth. Um, just a short video on YouTube, when we first become self-conscious, all of those can be found on the website. So maybe a bit about that, Luke, and then we'll come back in with the, you know, what is consciousness?
3: The links and resources for this show and all previous Quantum Alchemy podcasts can be found online at clearlight.substack.com.
1: In
2: and of itself, Ruth. It is. It is.
1: Yeah. And
2: also for people who have already signed up, I know I'm like this, Anya, and, and you know how it is these days. We are swamped with email. Uh, we we all really are. It's beca- it's it, it's become a huge problem. We are totally swamped with email, and it's so easy to just uh-huh. look and go, Oh yeah, okay. There's that Quantum Radio email again. But, you know, when you <laughs> click on that email even though there's there's the description of this week's show, but it's so easy to forget that for those of you know, our listeners who have already signed up, you've got all of those links there to the past shows. When you click on that, it's not just the recording, it's all of the background research as well. You've got all of that on at your fingertips. It is on you, it's like a PhD.
1: <laughs> it is, it it truly really is.
2: Oh, back to consciousness and 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 a base level meaning for our little apps so um in the online dictionary on google when you just type in conscious it's first of all it says aware of and responding to one's surroundings so the example they give is although i was in pain i was conscious so it means literally just being awake in an everyday sense And then the other definition they give is having knowledge of something, which, and the example is, we are conscious of the extent of the problem. Well, that's just about information. That's just about knowing stuff. Neither of those definitions, and they are the everyday definitions of of Uh Uh conscious, and neither of them address a spiritual, any degree of spiritual awareness or realization, which is another meaning of consciousness. So, um, Uh Wikipedia. Wikipedia comes closer because it's more all-inclusive. Wikipedia says consciousness is the quality or state of self-awareness or of being aware of an external object or something within oneself. It has been defined as sentience, awareness, subjectivity, the ability to experience or to feel wakefulness, having a sense of selfhood, and the executive control system of the mind, and then it says, despite the difficulty in definition, many philosophers believe that there is a broadly shared underlying intuition about what consciousness actually is.
1: So right. that's Wikipedia right.
2: coming in with a more holistic, if you like, definition of consciousness.
1: Right, and so my mind again. Um, is jumping right over to Evan Alexander Ruth who wrote mm. um, Proof of Heaven and we talked about a little bit about him in another show, but I want to bring it up again because the, he gives evidence that consciousness goes beyond a physical body. It's you can You can connect with the consciousness beyond having a physical body. And he he does a whole book on that. And he's, what, fourth-generation neuroscientist or neurobiologist? What was it, Ruth?
2: Well, he's an eminent fourth-generation surgeon. I think he was a cognitive neurosurgeon. But I don't know what branch of medicine his. Father and grandfather were in, but they're still, you know, it's, it's it's it was the family business, so to speak.
1: Yeah, fascinating story. So again, you know, just expanding our horizon, listeners, and taking a look at wow, what what is this journey? All of our journey, actually, it's all of our journey. Birth starts there. Well, actually, it starts before that. Now that we give it a moment here, Ruth. Um it's just before birth. Uh now there's a big question, right? Because nine months in utero, you know, when does the soul come in? That's that's a whole other show, isn't it? <laughs> that's right.
2: So, and it's been
1: so all of whole subject
2: has been approached from so many different angles. Like you mentioned, Eben Alexander and Anita Morjani, they're speaking from personal experience. But a lot of people won't, don't believe personal experience. They're like, ah, oh, yeah, you know, he imagined it, or it was a dream, or he was drunk or something. <laughs> and so, um, <laughs> so there's a, there's a researcher um, called Dr. Ian Stevenson, who's, he's passed over himself now. He died in 2007, but his whole life's work was spent gathering evidence of reincarnation and he would go to families where the children reported remembering past lives and he would he would document it so he's got what science loves I mean he could have gone down a different route altogether using hypnosis or whatever to try and elicit memories from people but all of those techniques scientifically are considered a bit you know a bit avant-garde, a bit dodgy, you know, a bit too woo-woo. So he just went direct. He went down the direct scientific route. Let's gather statistics. Let's just go and gather. And he's got a wealth of statistics. And his book is um, Children Who Remember Previous Lives, A Question of Reincarnation. And that's based on what the scientists would call hard evidence. He's just gone out and he's just gathered all and documented all the cases of children who remember a past life, and of course, he followed it up. If they said they were born in a certain village, he would go to that village and ask questions. and I mean, he was a right. very thorough researcher, yeah,
1: right, right. Thousands, and thousands of
2: cases, yeah,
1: right, yeah. And there's also a YouTube video. Um, the boy that the boy that I forget the name, it'll come. He's the one that, was, he was a pilot. Do you remember he was a pilot in uh, World remember War
2: II? I hmm. remember his name. Oh,
1: it's fantastic, listeners. Really, yes. really, You know, this young boy, since he was three, four, five years old, remembering all of these, you know, his airplane and his uniform and the people that he worked with. And his parents are like, they don't believe in any of this. And they're like, we have got to investigate this. And the dad took it on and proved everything that the little boy was saying. It's, it, it's amazing. fascinating, fascinating. Open to the all of it right now, Ruth, absolutely. Um, it's, a, it's a matter of which way to go, what way do we want to go. It's, it's all of it. Our lives are so rich, so rich on this journey. So, Ruth, let's um, jump in. Let's do a promo. Folks, just 30 seconds a little bit of information, how you can connect with me, if going on a coaching and consulting journey is something that you're interested in, here comes the details to connect with me on that. When, if, you are really ready for a quantum leap in your life, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, financially, or relationally, visit AnyaSophiaNan.com, visionary intuitive coaching and consulting. AnyaSophiaNan.com. I'll see you there. Are you ready? Yeah, I I, I come back and again with, are you ready? It's really about readiness, isn't it, Ruth? And how do you know when you're ready? I think just simply asking the question, am I ready to like go deeper with my life to go you know, really take a look at some things and, and be more you know, bring more of all of who I am to what I'm doing is what I'm doing in alignment with, with who I really am. I think just asking the question, Am I ready? means you're ready. <laughs> take that as a little um I don't know, just a little cue, you know. So let's chat a little bit more, Ruth, about the journey, the journey, all of this. Yes. So what is it all about? What is it all about? The first word that comes for me in asking that question, as you know, Ruth, I really, really live in the moment to the degree that I can in any moment. I'm plugged in to right here, right now. And what comes right here right now in asking that question is experience. Mm-hmm. What's it all about? It's all about experience. At a certain point on the journey, that's really what it's about, is moving through this life journey with the bookends being birth and death, to have all these incredible experiences, to include not only our own births and our own death and everything in between, but those of others around us and those of family and friends, etc. And, you know, as you know, Ruth, some people have experienced a lot of death, you know, around them, and some people really don't. I mean, if the parents get very senior and they pass and, you know, that's really their first experience of death, it's each one of our journeys is amazing. By the way, folks, there's an addition to the Quantum Alchemy Radio Show. There's another segment. It's an hour segment. It's called Unwavering Strength. And basically, will tell you what that is, is interviewing and speaking with people about real-life situations, real people in real time. And that's so fascinating. It's an honor to be with people and listen to their stories and what what comes out of those stories. And many of those stories are from where all the co-authors are in a book. It's like chicken soup for the soul, only it's called Unwavering Strength. And I'm interviewing all the co-authors. How fantastic is that? You know, a lot of fun, a lot of fun.
3: You can hear Unwavering Strength on the fourth Saturday of every month at clearlight.substack.com
1: and the world is ready ruth i believe the world is ready right now to open up and be transparent and share our humanity share our aspects of our journey with other people so that we can all sit back and go wow I can see myself in that, and, and you really get to see that we truly are on a journey, and it's the evolution of the consciousness, evolution of the soul, and it's through the experiences that the evolution is happening. Maybe say a bit about that, Ruth.
2: Well, as speaking, it reminds me of uh, when you when you had your uh, your old website, Conscious Journey. And Many years ago, you said that it was about evolution, the evolution of consciousness through being the point of change. Something yeah. like that. I had some kind of quote like that, and I thought, wow, that's that's, um, yeah. that's profound. Yeah. Well, but that yeah, really think... to... Go ahead, Ruth.
1: Yeah, go ahead. What that brings me to is uh, is I can't not help. Let's see, listeners, and I invite you to consider this as well for your world. When I look into the eyes of another human being, I can't not help but see the whole world in that person because that person, you, let's say it's you in this moment, you are the point of change for our world that's within each individual because when you change, the world changes. And change, I mean, there's another interesting word, isn't it, Ruth? Change, you know, I don't mean change from this to that. I mean the evolution of, you know, let's just say it's like watching your children grow. It's change, but it's, it's movement. It's not like turn the light on, turn the light off, light dark, red, black, green, light, red light. It's, it's an evolution. Change is a continuum
2: Oh, what about that, Ruth? Beautiful change to continuum. I mean, you you say some some really uh, really profound things. You know, it's it's there's a richness. It's it's difficult to explain. But if you look back over your own life, you can see that you have grown not just in terms of. You maybe have learned new things, but not just in terms of gathering new information or gathering new skills. We kind of grow deeper and broader and richer and more multidimensional as, as, as we as we learn and as we grow. And so it's
4: okay.
2: it's um, it, we, it's unimaginable. The potential is unimaginable, isn't it? Because we can only see through uh, the perspectives that we have now.
1: Right, right. Yes, and. Like with Walt Disney, Ruth, or any great visionary, it is the imagination. It is the imagination, that that beautiful gift that we were all born with, that sometimes we don't exercise, we lose it when, you know, we grow up a little bit. We lose that imagination of a child, or in other words, the ability to image Things, image things. For example, I want to make some changes in my life. Start right there by imaging. Even if you don't see pictures in your mind, I happen to be someone who does not see pictures in their mind because I'm so highly empathic. I hear, sense, feel, smell, um, highly kinesthetic, empathic, all those things. And I don't often. I do see pictures, but not often. It's, my, it's not my lead in life. Whereas some people... Gets their lead to see pictures. So, so, the, so the image image may be um, on a feeling level. You know, I feel. Let's say we're imaging tomorrow's weather. I feel like tomorrow is going to be a very beautiful day. You know, the sun drifting out you know, of the cloud, so it's not too hot, it's not too cold. You're feeling the imaging. So there's all kinds of ways to use your imagination, and that is one of the ways, absolutely, of, let's see, how do I say, um, creating, 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 mm. creating by choice, creating, co-creating by choice, Let's just use the radio show, Ruth, for an example. How many times would uh, you hear me say, I feel like it's going to be contagious. I feel the people are just going to start spreading the word. So that is another form of of imaging or imagining change. And now we're back to change, not being this or that, on or off, black or white, red or green. Stop go. It's a continuum or an evolution that actually is naturally happening anyway. A lot of people don't get that. What what might I mean by that, Ruth?
2: Evolution is a change that's happening anyway. Well yeah. it could be like a flower, like a rose for example, that's that's mm. growing, you know, and at one point it just looks like this prickly thorn bush and then next minute these little buds appear. And if you didn't know, you'd be like, oh, what are they for? And then uh, next minute, you know, the buds start to open, these beautiful roses appear. And because uh, the life of a rose, the life of a rose is pretty short in relation to the life of a human. We get to see that process because we get to see it on like fast forward. But if you were a snail, for example, you could come out, you know. Go all around the garden, have a look. I and mean, in the whole length of your lifetime, that rose has never changed from your perspective. It never looks any right. different.
1: Right. So
2: to you, there's no change. But to a human, oh, yeah, every time we go outside, that rose bush is different than it was yesterday.
1: Right, right. It's just a natural unfoldment, a natural flowering, a natural awakening. Absolutely. So, Ruth, let's check in. Is there anyone that
2: is
1: on the line for coaching? Any yes, lines
2: to open up? Yeah, we yeah, can. Let's jump this, in. Uh, jump it. Yeah, and today, there's nothing you can call in about that would be off topic because today it's <laughs> like the <and> universe, <laughs> and everything. So, but if you're thinking, oh, no, it's not on this today's subject, that is not possible. Whatever you've got to say is today's subject. And the first person, the last four digits of your phone number are 9960. So 9960, you're now live on the air with Anya. Hello. Hi, this is
1: Anya. Okay, so let's move. Um,
2: Ruth, is there another caller there? Uh, no, no, not at the moment. So you've got time to call in, quick, if you want to be coached today with Anya. So oh, here we
1: go, Ruth. The journey. So
2: there's two things, Anya. You said, and I thought either, either, either one of these I pick up on it could go off in either di- direction. But when you were talking about um, when you what you said is this is what, when you that's why I was I went quiet for a moment when you said. Um, when you finished talking earlier, because I thought of all the profound things that you said, which of them should I pick up on first? Because you say, if you really listen to these recordings, folks, you need to just press pause and think deeply about some of the things that Anya says, because she'll say so many all in one go, and you're like, wow. You said, when you change, the world changes. When you change, the world changes. Now, a few years ago, I couldn't not, have heard that and you, couldn't have believed it because I would have felt so powerless that I thought, you know, I get up in the morning, do my thing, you know, that's not making a bit of difference anywhere. You turn on the TV, there's such terrible problems in the world. They're so overwhelming. And I can't do anything about any of those things. It took me a long time to really, really, you know, working with you to really understand the depths that is a really yes. profound statement right there. When you change, the world changes. And when we know our connectedness, when we know that we're all drops in the same ocean, if you change, how can that ocean not change? And I remember you saying that. It can't not. It can't not.
1: Right, So right, we have a lot right. of time to get it. But, you, right. you know, if you well, break it... You, yeah, if we bring that down from the oceanic piece to even just you know the neighbor's swimming pool, you know, let's get a little graphic for a moment. It's really easy to understand is, if you pee in the pool, everybody in the pool is swimming in the new water, so to speak. OK? So in other words, what we bring to the world changes the environment, what we bring to, what we think, what we feel. What we say, how uh, we act, is shifting the environment, just like the water shifted in the neighbor's pool when the little one peed. Everyone out of the pool! <laughs> uh-huh. Or same, same thing with the ocean. You know, we are all waves in the ocean, all unique and individual, but you cannot remove the waves from the ocean. It's your part of oceanic consciousness. Absolutely. And so that brings us back to the playthrough. You know, I I still, I'm just seeing eyes now, all kinds of eyes. And, and again, each and every person, whether it's a senior person or a child or a teenager, who you be when you are with that person and looking into their eyes, whether it's just a single glance in a moment or a conversation, something in them can shift. And on your part, you can consciously connect with them and make a decision, make the choice to be totally present to that person. And what you will hear as a result of things like, wow, well, I don't know what it is, but when I'm with you, I feel really good. You didn't do anything. You just were totally present for them. And that's the beginning of starting to make change or shift In the world. Now, the the word, Ruth, that that gets tripped up on is the word change. Because some people are like, change? I don't want to change. I like my world. Mm. But if we go to the place of evolution is happening anyway, the flowering of consciousness, just like the rose and the flower garden, the example you gave, it's happening anyway. The deal, the big deal is to be conscious of what's shifting and that you are shifting and it is affecting the world. It's it's all of a sudden the empowerment that comes in with you as an individual when you think about what a profound effect you can have on your world, your dinner table, your community, the world. In the simplicity of just you breathing consciously i mean, I know that's a tough one to get, but it can be that simple.
2: So maybe
1: say a bit about that Ruth
2: Well, we've heard it right here on these on the on the on this show on you on these calls that it's it's as subtle as what you just described, in other words, is a subtle shift in perception, which is what the show is all about, you know a shift in perception is a change in reality. Well, how does that work? So if you're all there at Thanksgiving or Christmas, you know, and, and you're dreading it because you know the family are gonna sit around the table, same as last year, have a few drinks, same as last year, have the same arguments as last year, and you're, normally you're part of that because you're totally engaged in it. You know your brother's gonna say the same thing you said last year that's gonna get you totally worked up, and you're gonna react like you did last year. And if you have the ability, As you've done, you know, Annie. I've seen you do with many, many people, myself included, to shift that perspective and move to the heart and just breathe through the heart center. Suddenly, you've stepped yourself out of that argument. You aren't going to react like you reacted before. You're going to drop into a more peaceful place. And if you really practice that, you know, listeners who haven't tried it before, if you practice that time and time again, it does just take a little bit of practice. It does shift. And, and, you know, it does shift the energy in the room. It changes the argument. So where somebody might have ended up having a great big fight, it just becomes a little bit tense for a few minutes. Everybody breathes, changes the subject, and and moves on.
1: Right, because you're conscious enough of what's happening to not engage in it or Mm -hmm. the habitual ritual of unconsciously, reacting to the person, which, which you know, gets, gets it going. Maybe just say a little bit about how you understand evolution of consciousness, Ruth.
2: The, it, it's, that shift in perspective keeps expanding and expanding and expanding. One of my favorite quotes is from Ramana Maharshi, who says, there are no levels of reality. There are only mm. levels of experience for the experiencer. So just as we Mm. mentioned, the snail snail is going to have a very limited view of that rose. We, looking from a human perspective, have got a different view of that rose. Imagine when we are really fully evolved, enlightened, conscious, whatever we want to call it, so that we've got a a whole view of the whole of reality.
1: Right. So interesting. So interesting, Ruth. Um, I love that quote. Um, for example, um, yeah, it's, it's the, it's the consciousness that's observing something that's shifting what they're observing. You know, I think of, um, a very, very recent experience of, you know, a crowd of people and a, and a grandmother in a very, very, very frustrated state was, um, being a little bit more than not nice to the grandchild, maybe three or four years old, and you know, we're grabbing the arm and squeezing the arm, and you know, he's going, "I want my mummy." You don't want your mummy. She took off her, her shoe and said, "This is what you need." Point is, you can imagine the rest. So here, here there are people around, and people are like, nobody knew what to do. Awkward for everybody. So everybody's going to have their own experience based on their consciousness of that situation and what to do. The woman's already highly agitated, got the shoe in her hand, you know, what else is she going to do if someone confronts her and all kinds of things. So basically, just to give you an example for myself, I, like a beam of light, was looking at the little three-, four-year-old boy and just saying, I love you. You matter. And so in my heart, in my mind, I'm beaming like a flashlight. I love you. You matter right now. You matter. And so that was my little contribution. And, you know, every one of us was having a different view of that situation. It's fascinating when we all you know, wake up and realize the different levels that we can truly make a difference. Um, Someone else might be saying how could you stand there and watch that? How come someone didn't go up perfect is as is? Because everybody is viewing that from a different point of view. Someone else might have been saying it's about time she did something with him because he won't shut up. I mean, it's just fascinating to watch all of us in this collective consciousness this cosmic soup and how we're all having experiences that are affecting the whole of it Mm. so Luke, let's jump in any more callers on the line
2: yes the next person uh, the last four digits of your phone number are 7070 so 7070 you're now live on the air with Anya
0: Hi, this is Anya. Hi, Anya, Hi. this is Patty. Hi, Patty. <laughs> Hi. For some reason I keep popping up. I'm supposed to be talking with you I guess.
1: Wow. Was...
0: So how are you? Um, I'm I'm doing well. I um I'm actually interesting that I that I got picked to talk again. Um, I just told Thomas the other day that um, I said, you know, it's really interesting. I didn't get a chance to tell you last week that um, that I stood up right before my number was called. It was as if I knew you were going to call on me, Bruce. And uh-huh. the number that was that was called before was sixty nine seventy. Uh, uh, yeah, sixty nine seventy. And I said, oh my gosh. I'm 7070 and so anyway I stood up and I walked outside because I like to be outside when I talk with you and I did the same thing just now I was in with Thomas and I started to walk and I said oh I'm going to go outside and listen from there and then I heard hello hello and I thought oh my gosh I'm on mute I had my phone on mute so I apologize for that and anyhow I said to Thomas, we had our full moon circle last night and oh. our ceremony here in our backyard. And I know that I'm supposed to be working with you, and I know that it hasn't been resistance so much, I don't think. Uh, I didn't think it was resistance initially. Let me back up. It was resistance initially because I was doing similar work to what I perceive you as doing and experienced with you, with my clients. (laughs) And I realized that it's resistance that I have been resisting in setting my priorities to get myself fully in place in this change that I am creating. And, and, And listening to you, and I was so grateful that, Ruth, that you stated that, uh what Anya, what you heard from Anya, that when we change, the world changes. And I was removing the candle lights when I heard that again, and I just went and I sat down. You know, the, the tea lights from the candle uh, holders. And I heard that again, and it made me sit down because I used to say, I used to hear people say, "Oh, the world needs to change, and I want peace, and I, I'm going to save the world." And I used to say, "Well, you can't save me until you save yourself, until you can be in your own." You know, they're they're struggling and doing their thing, but they want to save the world when possibly they can make their own change, right? And they didn't need to change; they were perfect as they were, <laughs> but they were wanting the external. So here I am. I have. I have not wanted the world to change because I have been in this amazing shift, this amazing change. And yesterday, before the ceremony, I've been prepping all week, just being in the yard, creating the medicine circle and the sacred space and really honoring the internal part of me with my divine. And yesterday, something happened to me, the back of my head. It was as if I were downloading something uh-huh. really uh-huh. just uh-huh. profound, and yet I thought, I'm, I'm starting to feel to- almost toxic, right? I wasn't sure what it was. And, and again, I was moving things. It was a combination, essential oils, moving things, and, you know, blah, blah. We could go on with the list. The fact is that I... I normally am pretty enthusiastic, and really my my chanting comes out from this deep ancient place. And last night I was very quiet. It was re- I was in a very unusual place, and uh-huh. I asked my partner this morning. I said, "Wow, I don't even remember all of that." that took place. And I remember everything. I remember being present to everything. And yet there was a part of me that has, has finally gone in that it doesn't Mm -hmm. have to be so exuberant and exciting and, you know, Mm -hmm. loud Mm and, and boom drumming, you know, it was just very gentle. And yet I have this, I still have this headache that I don't get headaches rarely do I get a headache, and my head started like in the base of my brain, and now yep. it's at the very top of my head, and I feel yep. it. Yep. I feel it. Got it, and I know yep. Got it. that there is something connected here with you. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Got it. Are you ready to work it? Uh,
1: oh, sure. <laughs> I, okay. Okay. So, listeners, I want to bring you in right now. Um, So, basically, I'm going to give a little bit of a different language here. Um, Again, perspective, just to bring in a different perspective. So, um, let's pretend that um, last night's a full moon or the night before. Point is, we're still on the big full moon. There was a big equinox, all of those things. Let's pretend... I'm going to make up a story. Just like when you go to the baseball game, and um, it's night, it's a night game, and so you're driving there, you know, and you have your street lights, and there you go, and the parking lot lights, you're parking your car. Then you walk into the stadium, the football stadium, the baseball stadium, whatever, for a night game, and you see these enormous, I, I don't even know the proper name, but I'll call them floodlights. They're they they're just so bright and they light up the whole field. So let's pretend that during a full moon, that light is flooding the planet. And so what happens is we're porous, you know. In other words, light moves through us, energy, wind moves through us, or else we blow over. So what if Patty out in her full moon ceremony? is fully expanded and is just taking in all of this light. And so, as a result, you know, we call them whatever you want. The energy centers in her body are taking in that light and she's really feeling the effects of it. Not good, not bad, just a little bit of physical effects. In this moment, she's labeling it a headache. So... What I'm going to do simply is offer a little bit of an idea as to how she can relieve a little bit of the pressure that she's feeling in her head. And so, aside from the story that I just made up around it, folks, you can do this for any form of headache that you're having. So, are you hands-free, Patty? Yes. Okay, excellent. So here we go. I want you to imagine, and listeners as well, The Statue of Liberty in the New York Harbor. The Statue of Liberty in the New York Harbor. And this is an international audience. Most people know the Statue of Liberty. You know, it's the woman, and she's holding her arm up, and she has a torch. And then on her head is um, like a band around her head, and it has (laughs) – excuse me, spokes coming out like the spokes of a wheel on your bicycle. So let's imagine that all those spokes are compressed. Now I'll speak directly to Patty just to make it easier to do the exercise. So let's pretend those spokes, or as in the Statue of Liberty, those spokes are compressed in your head, and you want to open them up and pull them out. And simply... One of the ways to do that is spread your fingers like they're a comb. Let's pretend you have, you know, fairly long hair and it's wet. And let's pretend that you are going to run your fingers through your hair in a particular position. Here we go. Doesn't matter left or right hand. Here we go. Front of the forehead and the nape of the neck. Front of the forehead, nape of the neck. Put your hands close to your head. And run your fingers out and through your hair like you are expanding those spokes. Just pull them right out the length of your arm. Now, either side of the temple of your head. Run your fingers like a comb through your wet hair. Lift them up to the temple. Pull gently the spokes out like the Statue of Liberty. You see in her crown, pull those spokes out. The full length of your arm. And you want to be inhaling and exhaling as you do that. And then do it diagonal. In other words, at the left base of your neck, diagonally, and on the right side of your temple. Fingers up, go to comb it through here and pull out like you're pulling those spokes out, full length of the arm. And the opposite side, the diagonal part. And in and... So, in other words, your version of this. There's no right or wrong to doing that. Well, should I put it left or right? No. It's your version of pulling those spokes out. Now, in terms of the top of your head, take take your left or right, it doesn't matter, hand, and point those fingers to the ground as you put your other hand on top of your head, and we're going to lift up, 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 just lift up as you imagine your fingers going down into the earth, and then lifting like you're taking a lid off the top of your head. And just allowing the release. Of the compression of a whole lot of light, just like in the football field or the baseball field, a lot of light just beaming at you. You're just allowing more space, so to speak, for the light to just come through. And then, how are you feeling now? It could be worse, it could be better, it could be nothing, it doesn't matter what's the truth in the moment.
0: Well, I feel lighter. I feel much lighter, much lighter. And it was amazing how, when you immediately when I heard Statue of Liberty, it was like as if my arm was already going up as you were saying it. Yeah. I became I became her, and then I just right as before you said to stroke my hair, to pull it out, I was already doing that. And it's like oh, and I just stretched my arms out just now, and I'm doing it still. It's like my arms are, my chest is wide open.
1: Yes. And so the other piece, folks, is when you have a headache, it doesn't matter the reason right now. Just just a headache, whatever form of a headache. You know, it's kind of like your, your helmet for riding your bike or your motorcycle or whatever, your sports helmet. It's too tight. Too much pressure on the head so what you want to do is remove the helmet and expand you want to expand that space around your skull so that's what we did through imagery and in this case Patty actually physically did that expansion so Statue of Liberty holding that torch that's a great image and um, oh that's simply you know without getting into the other details of it that's that's simply relieving the the pressure of an overload of light.
0: Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it makes so much sense because it could be the light of I mean I watched the eclipse the night before it was exquisite and then I went right into the day and I was like I was like the light and 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 yes, and the flood lights it was yeah, I didn't realize or maybe own the pressure maybe that I was feeling, and now that's my mm-hmm. energy right now, which is mm-hmm. really beautiful to.
1: Yeah, to it's just, just see a little. It. It's just a. It's just a little bit of sensory overload. Yeah. Um. And then now it's it's about integration. Doing anything that's going to integrate in ground. So you're in the integration. Walk, water, food, grounded food. And just know that you are integrating the light. Wow.
0: Wow. Thank mm. you so much.
1: Wow. <laughs> That's, actually we all are. It's to what degree are <laughs> we conscious of it. So that we're actually all doing the same thing, integrating light on the planet. That's my story for today, folks, and I'm sticking to it.
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thank and it's that Patty. change the self to, and the the world will change. That is divine. Yeah. Yep. Yeah.
1: Thank you. Thank you, Thank Thank you, you so much. Hearing. Oh, you're <laughs> very welcome. And so, Ruth, I, I'm thinking that we move into maybe a quantum moment, and maybe the guitar a little bit. I'm feeling a little bit of string instruments, um, and then I'll I'll move right in to a quantum moment. Ruth, maybe just a minute on on how to get the um, the free. Which I, oh, I want everyone to be gifted with this,
2: with the free quantum journey, but Love Heals. Yes, yep. Love Heals. It's a beautiful, uh, it's a full-length quantum journey. Anya just does these brief quantum moments, just as a brief experience here live on the show. But the full-length ones are about 15 minutes, just over 15 minutes. And this is a beautiful healing journey called Love Heals.
3: You can listen to Love Heals in the Clearlight Archive at clearlight.substack.com.
2: So in addition to all the wonderful material, all of the research, all of the recordings of all the past shows, you also get the bonus free gift of the full 15-minute quantum journey called Love Heals.
1: At
3: clearlight.substack.com.
1: What that brings me to right now, Ruth, is is thinking about next time, listeners, in the next show, do we even know what love really is? Do we even know what love really is? It really makes you think for a moment, and yes, love heals. And listening to that 15-minute quantum journey in the morning when you wake up, and the last thing before you go to bed, oh, you 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 sleep, an amazing sleep, and you wake up to setting the frame, setting the tone, setting the intention for an amazing day. It's something that you can continuously listen to. So let's open up, Ruth. I'm going to just um, take a couple of deep breaths here, um, and... Just expand my consciousness, go deeper within me. We see what words come. And um, this will be, of course, it's the collective consciousness that's bringing this through for everybody. So no no matter when you listen to it, because it will be on YouTube, hopefully for you. The right words at the right time are being said. I have no idea where it's going to go, but here we go, Ruth. Imagine being a beam of light that lights up this world. It shines a light on everyone that comes into your world. What if you are that beam of light? What color would you be What shape would you be? Would it be just like a laser light? Would it be a dancing prism of light? What kind of light would you be? As you refract the light from above, whether it's the sun, the moon, whatever form of light is above, it's moving through you. What would what does what is that life for you? Could it be love? Could it be a friendly voice? Could it be a glisten? or a giggle in your eye as you look at someone? Could it be a smile on your face? Maybe a spring in your step as you walk into a room? We are emanators of light grounding the light into this planet and emanating it throughout eternity. That's you. That's me. That's all of us. Being of light. And the highest expression of light is love. And love has many expressions. Notice in your everyday, what expression of that love and that light are you? Ruth, I'm feeling like a Christmas tree right now. <laughs> and 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 the, okay, seriously, Ruth. And the lights. Now this is going to date me a little bit, and I'm perfectly fine with that, folks. But this, the type of lights that are hanging on my Christmas tree, Ruth, do do you recall or have you ever seen? This, I think it's called icicles, where it 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 has a base, a colorful base that's lit up. Then it has a long tube, like a um, dropper, eyedropper, and there's bubbles going up and down in it. Do you know what I mean? A
2: lava lamp, yes,
1: yes. (laughs) Like that, like that. The movement, the movement of the light, it's dancing. So, yeah.
2: So enjoy that, everyone. Just to let the listeners know that that music uh, is a piece called Windswept, by Kevin MacLeod, and his website is incompatech. dot com. Mm.
1: Beautiful, beautiful music. Yeah, beautiful frequency. And yeah, that, uh, it really connect very nicely to that Ruth. So let's jump back in. Music. Go ahead. You were oh, it,
2: what you? One of the things that you said just then in that quantum moment was the highest expression of light is love. And it reminded me, it reminded me of of you working with me one time in a coaching session using imagination. And we've spoken a lot today about, you know, imagination. But I don't think that most people think when we, imagination is total fantasy. You know, we sit here and we're imagining things and it's total fantasy. But you have worked with me on using imagination to connect with what is real. Because you had me, I was in a very mental state, yada, 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 yada. And you had me imagine love. You said you had to go very quiet and imagine. You said, imagine the most love you could ever possibly feel. Imagine your heart being open. Imagine this love. And as I was doing that, and then after this as I'm thinking, okay, well, let's do this exercise. We're doing an exercise. <laughs> afterwards, Jesus said, what are you feeling now? I I'm still feeling it. And you pointed out to me, well, how could I be feeling it if it wasn't real? You used the imagination, but the feeling was real, and you pointed that out to me. So that reminded yeah. me when you said the highest expression of light is love. I just wanted to, to bring that piece in, because we've spoken about yeah.
4: imagination
2: today on the call. But then what we're feeling as a result of maybe listening to that quantum moment or using our imagination, what we're feeling is actually real. It's just shifted our perspective into a different reality.
1: Right, right. And so simply when people ask, well, what is love? I simply just say, love's a feeling. Mm. In its simplest answer, love is a feeling. And when people ask what is real, what is reality, again, to keep it really simple, simple, it's what's inside. It's what's inside. That's what's real. I feel hurt. I feel love. I feel joy. I feel hungry. It's what's inside. I don't feel comfortable in this room. I feel really fantastic when I'm with you. It's what's real is what's inside. And love is a feeling. In its simplest form. In its simplest form. Which is a whole nother show. Well how can that be? But that that (laughs) that brings us into Mm -hmm. the next next show, the actual title is I Want to Know What Love Is. I want to know what love is. Come on, help me out here, Ruth. I want want you to show me. (laughs) We've never managed to coordinate
2: singing across the Atlantic. Everything else we can do, but the singing doesn't work.
1: (laughs) Oh, no, we're going to have to put the link up now that we went and sang this. Who was it? Was it the DG's?
2: No. I, want to
1: know I what, think
2: it was Oh, I think it was Brian. What's his name? I forget his last name now.
1: McKnight? <laughs> McKnight?
2: No. I want you to show me.
1: Right. No. I'll find to out know what I is. Right. Okay, <laughs> well, anyway, the answer will be on the website, folks. <laughs> Oh dear, we probably should get some music lessons going here. But we just love to burst out. We just love to burst out. Um, talk about you know love in all shapes. Um, it's it's just like a child, just spontaneous, spontaneous.
2: Brian, Brian Adams.
1: <laughs> yes, Brian Ryan Adams. Adams. That's oh, That's right. It might have been the only song he wrote. I, I don't know. I'm not sure, but oh yeah. I want to know what love is. Oh, yeah. Well, start with feeling. Love is a feeling. Start there. Yes. So um, where are we, Ruth? Do we want to jump in a little bit more on, on really all of our journey, birth, life, living, dying, death, and love? What a journey we are on in the evolution of our consciousness as a soul in the evolution, everything that we experience, it's like it's it's like a feedback system to the soul of who we really are that's always been, always will be, that's eternal. So it's who we are being in these experiences. It's who we're becoming and who we are. Sounds like a play on words, but here we go. Not easy to describe. And um I don't know why, Ruth, that brings me back to perfect is as is. In other words, what's going on in the moment in your life is absolutely, divinely, deliciously perfect no matter what the shape of it is. Death and dying, illness, no matter what the shape of it is, be conscious in the moment to what is as perfect is what is. Even now my mind is going a little bit... Um, to
2: um, Levine, Stephen Levine, in Conscious Death and Conscious Dying, maybe a little bit about that. Right, right. Well, uh, Stephen and Andrea Levine wrote a book, uh, mm-hmm. Who Dies? Who Dies? An Investigation of Conscious Living and Conscious Dying. Um, right. He wrote this book in 1982. And I think yes. that was quite advanced in 1982, People, yeah. if you if you kind of look at the decades, you know, the 1930s, 40s, 50s, people didn't mm. speak about death, certainly not in the West. It's very different in the East. You know, you remember on Anya being in India and the whole family is, you know, walking down the street carrying the, oh, yeah. the deceased relative on the shoulders down oh, to yeah. the river, you yeah. know, ready yeah. for the, the burning and, asked, and um, the cremation.
1: And not walking, ah. they were running. That was amazing. <laughs> is this what happened. Uh, yes, that was incredible. Ruth and I um, were both um, went on a pilgrimage, and part of that was in India and Nepal and Tibet, and uh, an amazing, amazing experience. Anyway, and so in India, which is so crowded and congested, and, and you know the motorbikes and and just being getting being in that organized chaos, and then all of a sudden it seems like. They're just running down to the, you know, to the Ganges River with, the, you know, someone who just passed. They pick up the body and down it goes to the, you know, to
2: the kiln. Is it called, Ruth, uh, where they do the burning? I'm not. No, I don't think so. I think in, what they call the Gats is is the river. Well, I didn't actually stay stay and watch because we just we didn't have the opportunity because we were moving. Um, but but I believe at the at the, the gaps are the, like little jetties by the river where they can actually go uh-huh. and the person's put on like a little raft with all the flowers and the incense and everything and oh, that right, is set right. light and and set out pushed out onto the river.
1: Right, 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 right. <laughs> now there's a whole other subject. is getting into all the different um, ways in which we deal with um, the beliefs that we have around the body. You know, in what
2: to do with the body—fascinating to me. Fascinating. Well, this is what changed. This is what changed in the 80s, and there had already been the work in the 70s of Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, and that mm. the importance of, 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 of Elizabeth Kubler-Ross and her work, and this book by Stephen and Andrea Levine is that it started mm. to change attitudes in the society. It started to change attitudes towards death. First of all, by making it possible to speak about death, making it yeah. acceptable to speak about death. And yeah. then, you yeah. know, well, what is death and then what do we do? And then you can get to talking about, you know, <laughs> what do we do when somebody's dying? But before that has happened, it had to become socially acceptable to speak about death and not have it be one of those um, taboo subjects that nobody speaks about, which it was yeah. in the West up until relatively recently. And so a quote quote from his book, he says, um, perhaps the most important contribution the hospice movement makes is that it supports the acknowledgement by all involved that dying is indeed the business at hand. How refreshing after the almost total conspiracy of denial of death generally surrounding those facing dying in the past.
1: Yeah. So you can see
2: what he's saying there is that, you know, nobody paid attention to the process of dying because everybody was hell-bent on trying to keep the person alive at all costs Uh until finally the person died, almost in spite of the medical system, which then felt a sense of failure. Oh, God, somebody died. Well, he was 110, you know. (laughs)
1: It was, right. but it
2: is ridiculous. It's humorous, isn't it? Like we can, we don't live forever. There I mean, was this no, there was no, um, and still isn't to to a great degree acknowledgement of of dying as a process. You know, as a sacred process well, that happens at the end of our right. lives. That's right.
1: Absolutely, Ruth. And a lot of people do not realize that a birth certificate is a death certificate. They go hand in hand. Hmm. They go, it can't really not someday. happen. Yes. Yes. It can't not happen. If you are born, you are going to die, whether it's one minute later or 100 years later. So if we could just take those bookends, birth certificate is, is a death certificate, and, and, and put new meaning on it and realize this is a journey. It has a beginning and it has an end as far as the physical body. It has a beginning, happy birthday, and it has an end. And that's the last breath, first breath, last Mm -hmm. breath. The first breath is an inhale, the last breath is an exhale. And the journey in between is what it's all about. But we deny ourselves the opportunity to really, really accept what does birth, being born, having a body really mean? It means that body will die. In other words, it's, it has its own life cycle. One day, hundred days, hundred years. It has its own life cycle. And who we are being in that life cycle is showing us on a soul level who we really are. Mm -hmm. And often, this is where it gets tricky, listeners, and often the way in which we learn about who we really are is we experience who we are not. For example, back to the example of the grandmother that was being quite um, brutal to the the three-year-old child Actually, that's experiencing who you're not and waking up one day and going, oh, that is not really me. I'm just so frustrated and, you know, my husband just passed and I have no money to pay the bills and the grandchild comes along and the grandchild's acting up. That's, you know, smack. And then you wake up. That's not who I am. That's not who I mean to be. It's often we learn who we are by experiencing who we're not. So Ruth, let's move to the tenets and let's see um, the conscious journey Tenet. You can catch all of them. There, there's 44 tenets to living a conscious journey, and you can find that at the website. Download it; it's really fantastic. The pictures are awesome, and each week I read one. I don't know what it's going to be. Um, Ruth will send it to me now. I'll open it up and I'll read it. So let's see. I'll be curious through, let's see if it fits in in any way to today's show. So Tenants for Living a Conscious Journey. So here we go. It's Conscious Journey, Tenant 20 of 44, in the light of a new day. In the light of who we are, we realize that we are not the names, our parents gave us. We try so hard to live up to someone else's idea of who we are instead of embarking on the journey of self-discovery and defining for ourselves who we are. Self-reflection will change your view of you. And from that view, we will see A very different world. A world where people are often acting out that which they are not. Eventually, getting to recognize that which they are. And the longest journey is from the head to the heart. When we travel in the fullness of our aloneness. Well, now, sounds like I cheated and read ahead, huh, Ruth? <laughs> it
2: really does.
1: People will believe that you but haven't done this before. <laughs>
2: I know you didn't. I know. You really didn't.
1: <laughs> yeah, no. I want to go to that last sentence, folks. When we travel in the fullness of our aloneness, by aloneness I don't mean lonely. When you come to realize and discover who you really are on a feeling it, from a feeling place, you'll feel the fullness of you. And in that place, you can never be lonely. You can be alone, meaning you can walk into a room of people who are, oh, arguing or not happy or whatever. And if you're connected to who you really are in that fullness, you're never alone because you're full of the fullness of the light, of the love, of who you really are. You bring that fullness in the aloneness into a room where everyone else isn't that way and watch that room change as of the fullness of the aloneness of you emanates out. And next thing you know, other people in the room, it's electric, it's magnetic they start lighting up in their own small, unique ways. It's very, very interesting. So I invite you to consider moving through your week this week, letting letting the light of you glimmer in your eye, show in a smile. I believe the highest of who we are right now is wanting to move through all of us, Everybody can feel it. it's like a, I don't know, it's like a, it's a, like on the spectrum, a calling inside that's calling you to rise up to be even more of who you are. We're all receiving that calling right now because we are way more than we know ourselves today, and it's time for all of that to take place. Can you Can you feel it, Ruth? I know I can feel Mm -hmm. it inside. It's amazing what's happening. So Mm -hmm. on that note, folks, it's a wrap. Here we are again another show. I'm so happy to be able to be giving out this information, get your journals, capture it, go back and listen to the archives, share it with your friends, and I do hope to see you next time. I appreciate all of you. And thank you, Ruth.
3: Bye for now. Now you can also read Anya's unconventional poetry, prose and musings at clearlight.substack.com
1: Thank you for listening to the Quantum Alchemy Radio Show. Join us again as hosts, guests and callers create a new, different, and timely show. We invite you to be the shift that wants to happen in the world.